0: This episode is brought to you by Peace, Love, Joy. 75 simple ways to take care of your health, happiness, and marriage this holiday season. If you're looking for ways to reduce stress and increase joy during the holidays, this is the resource for you. You can find it at shop.comhealthysexy.com. And just for podcast listeners, we have a special discount code. Use the code PODCAST25 at checkout to save 25% off this resource or anything that you purchase in the shop.
1: Welcome to Sex Chat for Christian Wives,
2: where four marriage and sex bloggers discuss the naked truth.
1: What
3: does God really want for the sexual intimacy in our marriage? I'm Jay Parker of
1: Hot, Holy, and Humorous.
2: I'm Chris Taylor from The Forgiven Wife. I'm Gay Christmas
3: of
0: Calm, Healthy, Sexy.
3: I'm Bonnie Burns of Oyster Bed 7.
2: Welcome back to Sex Chat for Christian Wives. When we struggle with sexual intimacy, we often feel alone. Our husbands may be our go-to support for most things, but if sex isn't working well, he may not be able to help us in the way that we need. Sometimes what we really need is support from other women who understand what we're going through. Today we're going to talk about how to find support for our sexual struggles and how to use that support to help us grow. We're joined in this episode by Ruth Buzas, founder of Awaken Love Ministry and author of Awaken Love, The Truth About Sex That Will Transform Your Marriage. Ruth, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You know, what are some areas where we might benefit from the support of other women?
1: I'll throw out just information. That's the reason that I really started blogging is because I had a lot of uh, I got, got into conversations with wives who just didn't have a lot of good information information about sex, and they didn't have a biblical place to go to ask.
4: Why? and probably one of the most impactful weeks of my class is when we talk about baggage. And being able to share our stories and knowing that we're not alone, um, having other women empathize has a huge impact on women, um, sorting through the lies. Uh, Again, another area where, um, you know, as one woman brings up a lie, the rest of the room is... Even though they may not have initially thought of it, all of a sudden they realize, oh yeah, like that's impacted me too. Right. And you know, even beyond personal healing, I think there's an importance in community because when we learn how to talk about sex with other women, then it translates outside of our circle. We begin talking about sex um, within the church with with women that that we haven't talked to about it before or with our kids or with our husband. And so um it's what changes a lot of the things that we're unhappy about as far as how the church has handled sex.
2: That's true. One of the things that I most needed support on when I was uh, starting my journey to address sexual intimacy was simply being understood. So many of my own struggles with sex had to do with feeling like my husband didn't understand me, and I needed to figure out how to work through that. And having other people, I mean, for me, it was an online community that was anonymous, but knowing that other people understood was critical in me being able to start to figure out how to deal with some of, you know, baggage, relationship issues, even understanding what my husband was going through. My experience
3: was a lot like yours, Jay. There just wasn't a whole lot out there. I kind of muddled through by myself. So that's, and that's why I started writing was to help other women find each other. Yeah, and I think it's a great thing to have that community. And stories are so important. And I think that's been a shift in our culture, to share stories where, you know, 15 years ago, there wasn't this kind of healing because stories, especially about our sexual problems, about sexual abuse, about sexual baggage, just weren't as accepted. And there might have been more judgment you know, 15 years ago, and there's a lot, a lot less
0: today. And that's a huge blessing. Just kind of an extension of what the things that have been mentioned is just to have a sounding board, and to have another woman or women say, there's that there's, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, having responding this way or having these thoughts, you're not broken, there's nothing wrong with you. But, you know, let's, Walk together and try to work some things out. I think just a lot of women feel like, you know, I I felt this way for a long time that, oh, I must be broken. There's something wrong with me. And there wasn't. But you have to get either information or support and preferably both to figure that out.
3: And as much as I love writing, there is a different energy and a different power to the spoken word, especially when someone's in your presence and you can have that conversation and that empathy in each other's presence, even though I love to write. And that's probably the way I communicate the best. But it's just I think it's more healing to have these conversations in real life.
1: I think it's very important, as Bonnie said, to share your stories, and I really appreciate the community that has evolved for me. But I'll be honest that when I first started seeking community, I did not feel um, less alone. I felt more alone because I was a high-drive wife, and so when I started talking to other wives, um, the response I got made me feel like I was a freak that maybe something was wrong with me or something might be wrong with my husband. And so my, my initial efforts were kind of difficult and it took me a bit of time to navigate to finding that community. So if there's someone out there that that's, they've tried, I just want to say, I get it. I remember that too.
2: That leads really nicely into our next question, which is how can we find someone to talk to about what's going on with our sex life? You know, if you talk to somebody or if you're part of a group and you're sort of the you feel like you're the outlier, how do you find the right person who's a good fit for what you need?
1: Well, along the line, that line, and I will say this, Bonnie's going to love this response.
2: And Schedule it is, sex,
1: oh. Oh, no. <laughs> there's no swab condition involved either. Um. Um, the second time that we took the dynamic marriage class and we listed our sex needs, uh, yet again, so this is the second time I've been through it, and sex was my number three emotional need. And the first time I did that, I was the only wife that even had sex on the top five this time there was another wife in the class who also had hers at number three and we we kind of went off together later and like talked and it was just i felt like we just glommed onto each other because (laughs) we got it and that was it was a beautiful moment for me finding that person who understood and even though i really haven't seen her much since then that just kind of made me feel like it's okay to be vulnerable because I may not have good feedback every time, but if I keep telling my story, someone else has got a story like mine.
3: You had a me too moment. Oh, but in a different way. Not a hashtag, me not too. Not a hashtag. It's that phrase where you find your kindred spirit when you both look at each other and
2: say,
1: Me too. And that just... was Doppelganger. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's just something so powerful about really knowing in your heart, I am not alone in whatever the particular journey is. One of the things that I like to recommend um, to wives is to pay attention to who in, you know, who in your church seems happily married, wife and husband. You know, does she seem happy in her marriage and does her husband? And if they're both pretty happy, chances are that they've figured out sex somehow.
4: One of the things that women in my class will will do is um is they'll share that they're taking this class or they'll just share with a friend i'm reading sheep music and so it's a little bit less threatening way to open up the conversation of sex to share that you're reading this book rather than talking about your own sex life mm-hmm. um and uh, they usually actually get a reaction pretty fast um and and women are either interested or not interested. Or, or at they all. run away. They or run they away. run away, right? Yeah. And, right? And I definitely I think uh, there's a generational difference. The younger women, um, even though they struggle as much in their sex life, they seemed they seem much more comfortable, and they've had many more conversations than older women. And it's harder to find older women that are willing to go there.
0: Using a book is a great idea, you know, mentioning a book or it could be mentioning a podcast or a website. That's a really non-threatening sort of entree into the topic.
1: I like that podcast. Mention that podcast. podcast. Hint, hint, hint all of our (laughs) listeners. You could say,
0: oh my gosh, did you know there's a sex podcast for wives? (laughs) I dare you to listen. Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know one yeah. of the one of the things too is that some churches will have like marriage mentoring programs where you you can get matched up with a more seasoned married couple and sometimes just having a connection that's really generally about marriage can give you a space where you can start to just tentatively start to introduce the subject of intimacy to be able to ask your questions or ask for good resources like us.
4: Well, and I think some of it is having, you know, developed close friendships with people. Um, and, and friendships where you can broach the subject and even if the person is not comfortable, you, you haven't lost that friendship. And, mm-hmm. and so I think there's an importance in diving deep in friendships in general.
1: I, I will also say that we've talked about older women and, and kind of the communication differences on younger and older, but it's interesting as I have gone around and, and talked to older women and they ask me what I do and I tell them what I do, the women who are in their seventies and up, it's like they're the most supportive for it, It's almost like they've seen people. I will often get them say some, saying something like I had a friend who was divorced because of this, or I knew a marriage that fell apart because of this and what you're doing is important. And so sometimes I think we don't understand that some of these older women really could be mentors. They may be more reserved about it. They may want to be more one-on-one, but you can connect with them.
2: And I, I've also heard that that you know I'm so glad somebody's talking about this.
3: Mm, I hear and, that a
2: lot. And I try to say when I'm when I've been approached by other wives, I try to say I'm glad you're asking. And you're so smart to be trying to figure this out now in your marriage and instead of after you've been married almost 20 years, like I did.
3: Well, there we have a licensed family and marriage therapist. Well, it's our preacher's wife, she does that. And um, when I told her what I did, she's like, I am so grateful for you because, and your work and all your friends' work because I can send my clients to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're a resource. But I guess, you know, if we're thinking about in real life, I would just uh, concur with finding someone who looks like they're in a happy marriage.
0: And for our th- listeners who don't have somebody like that to talk to, I think you're in the majority. So, like, don't feel like you're, you know, there's something wrong with you because you don't have a close friend you can talk about. I think. Most women do not, but it's very worthwhile to pursue that.
1: I think also you can launch these things. Um, Like I know, I've gotten a couple of emails of uh, wives saying, we put together a small group and we started reading and discussing your book. And and I mean, that's what Ruth's classes do. And some women in their own church will see the, importance of this and kind of establish a community by offering something and then inviting people interested to come in
2: so we of course will put a link to jay's wonderful book in our show notes in case uh, you want in case you want to
1: do that yes oh and all of Ruth's do, I, stuff do I want a shameless plug hmm, let me think <laughs> why yes yes i do <laughs>
2: We would like to give a shout out to our sponsor of this episode, Married Dance. Even when you're getting support from other women, it's so important to continue to communicate with your husband about your sex life. And if you just need a little help getting some things started, our sponsor, Married Dance, has some products that might help. They have adult sex games that can help you and your husband try some new foreplay techniques or other activities, massage oils so you can help each other relax, and so much more to help you share pleasure in the bed and out of it.
1: Yes, my husband and I have sampled some things like that. And what we find, too, is um, there's some really good ones out there. But when you when you get something, people get worried about, well, I don't want to do everything that's there. And it's like, fine, go through the cards, pick the ones that you don't want to do and set those aside and play with what's left. So then you can still have some it's just it's just a fun way to introduce new ideas and connection into the bedroom.
2: Married Dance is a Christian owned sex toy and marital aid store that is run by a husband and wife team and they have nudity free images and marriage focused instructions on all of their products. So check them out at marrieddance.com and we will have a link in our show notes. So we've talked about connecting informally with other women or another woman for support with your sex life, but sometimes we need something a bit more. Um, Jay mentioned uh, starting a class or a study uh, about a certain book. Uh, What are some other options for women who want support? And many of us here for this episode have some of these kinds of options that are perfect for some of our listeners. Ruth, why don't you start and and tell us about your classes? You've already mentioned those. Okay.
4: What are these? So there's video classes that last six weeks. Um, I have them both for wives and I have classes for husbands too, actually. You can either take it all by yourself. A lot of times women will take it their first time by themselves. Um, or you can invite one friend or you can invite a whole group of, of women. And during the class, it is um, conversation centered around God's design for sex. It is deciphering the lies that you've believed about sex and dealing with some of your baggage. It's learning how to talk about sex. so that. I, as you learn how to talk about sex within the group, then that kind of overflows into talking with your husband. It's learning about our bodies in, in detail, but in respectful ways and about our husband's bodies. And it has um, it has application homework attached to it, take home assignments um, and reading assignments. It, it's an amazing experience to do it with a group of women. And and then, you know, once you've finished class and you have women that you can talk to about sex when, when struggles come up. You mentioned that these are video classes but you also have some that are face-to-face what
2: what cities or areas I mean I know because I've gotten to meet some of your women <laughs> who do your
4: classes so I teach in the Minneapolis area and there are actually several teachers that teach in the Minneapolis area Beth teaches in Cleveland Ohio I, I've got a woman Tracy that's teaching down in Florida I think those are my live teachers right now and so if you check on the website you can check and see if there are live classes near you
2: who else has a some kind of support online support maybe that they'd like to mention
1: well I mentioned how it was kind of difficult at first for me to join a community because of my situation that I tended to have a higher drive than a lot of the wives I had talked to and so that's why I put together my higher drive wife community which is on Facebook right now and um, we have gosh it's a big community at this point it's about 700 women. Uh, So those who feel like you're alone, guess what? You're not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we have a lot of good interaction and there's just support. We pray for each other. We share struggles. We share successes. And it's just a really great place to go and know that, that there are others who are pursuing sexual intimacy in their marriage.
3: So I have a community for women who struggle with sexual interest. And I have a, a, just kind of an aside, an aside that my goal is to help women if they struggle with physical desire to help them create their emotional desire. And, and Jay, you mentioned taking that that class twice. Mm-hmm. Dave and I took that class twice. And you're going to die. I was the only woman who had sexual fulfillment in their top five.
1: You had it there.
3: I did. (laughs) I did. But that was because of the emotional connection. It wasn't really my physical drive. It was my emotional drive. So that's what I try to do in my group. Um, You know, there's a lot of girls who women who uh, come with orgasm problems and that kind of thing. But if you go to my oyster bed, seven Facebook page, there's a, a group connected to that.
2: I have, uh, Two ways of offering online support. I have my still relatively new ish uh, Honeycomb and Spice community. And we have some different circles for women who have different issues that they're facing. But uh, it's a great place to come and ask questions, to get some ideas, to share successes, struggles, prayers, kind of like Jay described with her Higher Drive Wife group, only this is not specific for Higher Drive Wives. But I also run um, a Passion Pursuit study twice a year, and it's using the Passion Pursuit book by Julie Slattery and Linda Dillow, and we go through that. It's a 10-week study, and uh, women who want to do it alone can sign up for the email version, but if you'd like to go through it with a group online, uh, I have that twice a year. So we're just halfway through our fall study, and I'll do it again in the spring.
1: I also hear from these online uh, situations or um, it, it, that a lot of times people will say, I just don't have anybody at my home church that, that I could do this with. And it's been so great to connect with other women like me.
2: I, I've heard, and my dad's my pastor.
1: No. So. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I actually think sometimes they they uh they uh, worry too much like may, that sometimes if we were to just say, "Hey, you know what? I'd like to bring the Awaken Love class to our church." that some people would get more support than they would anticipate. Yeah. Right. So that happens too, but I guess I'm just saying there are various options here.
2: And what's the worst that happens? They say no and they know that you're interested in having a better sex life. You're married. Everyone knows you have a sex life already.
3: Typically, I think if you bring this to your leadership, you're not going to get a negative response. But that's just me.
1: <laughs> I would
2: I would agree
4: with that.
1: <laughs> a lot of pastors are actually relieved to have this issue addressed without them having to do it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes. Well,
4: and and how can a male pastor really address this? I mean, I don't think that they have the understanding that women do about women. Mm-hmm. And and what do they do? Go recruit women and say, hey, I need you to teach the sex class. And so so women coming to the pastor and saying, hey, we would like to address this for other women in the congregation. I, most of them are very receptive to that. I do want to have us talk just for a couple minutes about the issue of TMI.
2: I've heard a lot of women say I don't know how to talk to anybody about this because I don't want to be disrespectful of my husband. I don't want anybody to think poorly of him or I, I just don't know how to ask for help with you know, giving oral sex without you know the other person picturing me giving my husband oral sex. How do you figure out that line between TMI and providing the right amount of information to actually get? The support you need and we're probably going to land all over the map on this but i'm just curious how do you all figure that out for yourselves
3: i'm probably one of the most more conservative of the group and my my kind of guidelines are i don't use description i use the technical terms but i don't use ginormous or you know um Sweaty, or you know, I don't use any kind of descriptor words that would invite someone into your bedroom to see anything. Um, and then also, and I don't mean this to be weird in any way, but I talk as if there is a child in the room and I don't really want them to know what I'm talking about. You can speak in such a way to another adult that they know exactly what you're talking about without using really explicit language so that's just another guideline that I've used
4: when I teach there are very few things that I talk about in first how would you say it? in first, first person, first person. First, person. Like first, first person right like I don't say I do this I, I I talk about a myriad of things that might be helpful and then they can choose what's helpful for them in my writing, I've kind of decided I shouldn't write anything that I can't say in person to a group of women in a church. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and if I can't say it there, then I shouldn't write
1: it. I think that that point of view is a very important thing. What I've said is that I tend to write the husband, the wife, that kind of stuff, as opposed to you and he or me and my husband, that kind of things. I don't, I don't write like that so much. If I do use the you, it's the impersonal second person you like, you know, that if you go to the store, you should get some candy. That's the impersonal you. You're not referring to anyone in particular
2: when i was uh, working on my issues with sex and i was in an online community i found it really helpful also to not use the word my you know what should i do with my husband's penis you know it was more so what are some ideas of what to do with the penis and so it was just sort of distancing myself just a little bit you can also say all
3: these things and then go but i'm just asking for a friend <laughs> Hashtag, but I'm the friend. <laughs> ask,
2: ask, ask
1: friend. The other That's thing is, cute. I would suggest that you don't uh, give personal information about your body or his body. Uh, I had a friend one time in conversation tell me that her husband was hung like a horse. Was the word she used. And this is a man I went to church with. And I gotta tell you, it was two months before I could make direct eye contact with him. Just because I I didn't want it to come into my brain, but it's like when somebody says, don't think of a pink rabbit, the next thing you think of is a pink rabbit. (laughs) so that's why i say
3: don't use descriptors yeah
1: so so i don't need to know what and even for my readers and stuff i'm like i don't need to know what your husband's penis looks like i don't even know i don't even know what your breasts look like you know you can ask very general things right about stuff without you can tell me well size is kind of an issue for us and i'm wondering how to handle a a large a a man who's a little larger okay that's reasonable
2: you can ask that without giving a number of inches.
1: No kidding. Yeah. And a lot Please. of, a lot of I've heard, giving. I've heard women in mixed company give their bra size.
4: In, in classes, we really set the tone by uh, making sure that the women know, like, we're going to focus on us and not our husbands. And so we're going to talk about our things. Um, and I think it's important uh, there is, you can talk about a lot of things without talking about Your husband and then also generalizing like we've been talking about just makes a big difference it's important to model how to respectfully talk about sex because there are disrespectful ways to talk about sex and um, and if we're gonna do this we want to do it correctly and want to help people to do it correctly you know if
2: you're having a really specific problem you might need to share a little more specific Mm -hmm. information and if your purpose in sharing is to really get help with what you do or if your purpose in sharing information is to because it's the best way to help another person, then, you know, to me, that's one of those things that sometimes I do cross a line that I would never cross in another situation. It's because of that particular situation that seems to be what's needed. I like to encourage women to think about the purpose of sharing specifics.
1: But I I think it's also good when you're talking about that to allow space for someone to ask the follow-up questions. Yes. They need to to ask and not just spill the entire story at the beginning.
0: The thing I was thinking about is what if you did have a specific problem related to your husband? How would you bring that? For example, you've tried many, many times You know, to bring up an issue, your orgasm, your sexual interest, and he just isn't hearing you or isn't taking, you know, I mean, what is your thought about how you would get some help with that without making it sound like you're saying something bad about him?
4: Well, I think some of it is your your intention, your heart in the matter is like, are you trying to be helpful? Are you Mm -hmm. trying to build intimacy or are you, you know, just being negative and wanting to slam your husband? Um, Mm -hmm. And and so, yeah, I think there are times when you can talk specifics and um, but you need to make sure that you're talking specifics with the right people. Like you don't talk about it with anybody and um, and you make sure that it's a safe group of people that you're talking with or, or a mentor that you highly respect. You don't talk to anybody about this.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's a, I'll, I'll give you just kind of a difference is I had uh, two different women ask me essentially the same question in different uh, places. One said to me, very quietly privately and she said i I need to ask you a question she said my husband has struggled some with erectile dysfunction and i'm wondering about blah 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 okay fine i had another woman say to me i'm so frustrated because we will get to the bedroom and then he will be hard and then like all of a sudden he goes limp and you see i'm saying like there's Uh even just a tonal difference there's the the Mm -hmm more crass language versus more um, clinical language. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing, but Mm -hmm. you can tell the difference just with the examples. That's a great example.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, one, there was one time that I, there was an issue that I didn't know how to talk about, but I needed support. And I actually, I went to my husband and I said, "I, I need help figuring out how to respond to this in a way that is good for our marriage. So, first of all, is it okay if I share about this? Mm -hmm. And second, is this wording something that you would be comfortable with? And, you know, there are going to be some times when the answer is going to be, nope, don't talk to anybody about it. But I, you know, I needed the support and I did go to him. And I, in this case, I had, you know, he, he knew what I was doing. I wasn't like going behind his back and spilling my beans about anything all right we are at the end of our episode but ruth i would love to give you a chance to tell our listeners where they can find more information about your classes
4: all the information about live and video classes is at www.awaken-love.net and we'll have a link to that in our show notes all right
2: anyone else have anything to add yes Okay. If, you, <laughs> yeah. if you love us
3: like we love you, <laughs> would you please uh, consider leaving us a five-star review on whatever podcast provider you listen to us on, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher? Um, that would just help us reach other women because that's how the... Um, analytics
1: work. Yeah, uh, yeah, the algorithms. We've gotten mm-hmm. quite a few reviews and that's awesome, but uh, if we can just stack up some more, that will really help our ag- algorithms and we'll kind of I don't know. I w- I'm waiting for the day that we're on the my podcast provider under trending. That's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Trending. trending. <laughs> well, we're well, we're almost are- there. Always we already up.
2: have people who binge listen
1: to we're, us. You were binge yes. worthy. Mm-hmm. Did we but... say?
3: Did we give a shout out to Jordan? We were number eight in Jordan. Did we do that last week? No, no we I didn't. think that was uh,
1: Saudi Arabia. This is yeah. Jordan, sir. This is Jordan, number Woo! eight. Thank Woo! you. Yeah, yeah and we Jordan. were moving
2: up. And we were moving up in Canada this week yeah. too. Yes, Canada. we broke into a hundred. Like we were number 94, or
1: 96. Oh, M-I-G. Canada. And I I just
2: want to mention, for any of our husbands who are listening, uh, we do have a webinar in a couple days you can still sign up for, Understanding Her Sex Drive. It's a webinar just for husbands, and it's on November 14th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're listening to this after the 14th, you can get the replay. So we'll have links to that on our show notes as well. All right. Thanks thanks
1: for joining us. Thanks for being here, Ruth. It was fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks yeah, thanks for having you.
2: me. All right. Bye. Bye. Right. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We encourage you to check out our website at sexchatforchristianwives.com where you can find show notes and links to resources. That's sexchatforchristianwives.com. Also, if you enjoyed our podcast, please take a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so others can find the show and tell a friend about us, word of mouth is one of the best ways to reach out to new listeners. We appreciate you being with us today, and we pray that God blesses you this week as you pursue healthy and holy sexual intimacy in your marriage. struggle to even want to have sex in your marriage? I'm Chris Taylor, and I want you to know you are not alone. If you'd like to connect with other Christian wives on the journey to conquer sexual struggles, join us in the Honeycomb and Spice community. You can find us online at honeycombspice.com.